Hello, my name is Nate. I'm a youth pastor from the Detroit area and the content manager at OnTrack Devotions. And you're listening to the OnTrack Devotions Pulse podcast. Once again, my name is Nate, and I am thankful that you're here. We started this podcast to publicly practice the skill and discipline of personal Bible study by engaging collision points between biblical truth and culture. So each week, we will take user-submitted questions and attempt to answer them using our Bibles. And so this week, uh, we're going to continue answering the question, what is the gospel? Throughout this series, you're going to hear me repeat this statement. God created, man sinned, Jesus was promised, Jesus came. Jesus lived a sinless life because he is God. Jesus died as a sacrifice for sin. Jesus resurrected. Confess, repent, believe, by faith we're saved. And so we're going to be breaking down the gospel using these mental flashcards as our framework. And uh, so last week we talked about God creating, and this week we're going to go ahead and address the flashcard that says, man sinned. And uh, in order to do that, we're going to have to define sin. So what, what is sin? Well, The short answer is that sin is breaking God's law. There are different areas and classifications for sin, but in the end, all sin breaks God's law. So let's dive in and examine where sin came from and its seriousness for us today. You know, the long answer for sin is that we, Genesis 3 is where we get that. It's our main account for understanding the origin of sin. So get your Bible, pause this podcast, take some time to read Genesis 3 on your own, and when you're ready, go ahead and jump in. So we need to review some quick context uh, as Genesis 3 starts off talking about Satan and his questioning of God's command regarding the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So in Genesis 2, verses 16 and 17, we see that the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So In order to know what sin is, we have to know exactly what the command was that God gave Adam and Eve. So let's break it down. Adam and Eve could eat of every tree of the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the consequence of eating of that tree was that they would surely die. If they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they will surely die. And that seems pretty simple. I mean, pretty straightforward. God didn't pull any punches here. It it's, it's pretty clear. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat of everything else. If you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. And man, things get complicated quickly. So let's make some observations of uh, Genesis chapter 3. First is uh, the serpent, which is referred to as the devil and Satan in other portions of Scripture. We see that it's crafty. And the serpent twists God's statement uh, from Genesis 2 in the form of a question. So we'll see how he does that in a second. But When the serpent asks Eve his question that he twisted, Eve incorrectly says that she's not allowed to touch of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God never said they couldn't touch the tree. He said, don't eat of it. And Eve, and by implication Adam, both see that the tree was good for food, and so they focus on one thing when they have everything else. They have the whole garden to be in, and yet they focus in on the tree uh, that they're not supposed to eat from. Adam and Eve, once they eat, they show shame by clothing themselves. Adam passes blame for his sin to Eve. Eve passes blame for her sin to the serpent. And so God makes a promise to all three, to the serpent 
He says that it's cursed, and there's a statement that he will bruise, the serpent will bruise someone's heel, but that his head will be bruised or crushed. And we're going to get to that a little later. Uh, Eve's consequence for sin is that she'll have great pain in childbirth, and her desires would become contrary to her husband, and her husband would rule over her. And then Adam will have to work hard and be in pain fighting to live and work the ground. And for Adam and Eve, they will both die physically and be placed in the ground. Adam and Eve were then removed from fellowship with God in the garden that he had created. So those are our observations that we just make when we read Genesis chapter 3. But what does all that mean? I mean, there's a lot to get here. And so let's just step by step talk through what's going on. First, immediately, we see the way Satan works. You know, in verse 1, he asks Eve if God really said what she thinks he said. And so he he places a seed of doubt in Eve's mind. And so she and Adam doubt the character of God and God's design for them. And we know this because that is the lie that Satan, uh, Satan plants in verse 5 when he says that God knows uh, he has kept something from you and that if you take it, you will be like God. So, so Satan um, causes Adam and Eve to question God's character by, by saying, you know what, God's keeping something from you. He's hiding something from you. And so we also see that she added, Eve added to what God said. So Satan takes away and then Eve adds. She states that if she touches the tree, she will die. And that is not what God said in chapter 2. It said if they ate of the tree that she would die. So after she adds to God's word, Satan then takes away from what God said by stating that she will not die. And so they're mentally... She's all sort of messed up. She, she's doubting God. She doesn't know what God's command was. She didn't understand it. And so ultimately, Adam and Eve both were led to doubt God and doubt that God wanted what was best for them and was keeping something from them. So they sinned. They broke God's command. They ate of the tree. And in that moment, the, the world was instantaneously changed. And what happened? For Adam, his work became far harder when before he worked and walked with God in the, in the garden, naming the animals, uh, the plants, tending to the garden, now he would have to break his back, sweat, deal with thistles and thorns just to survive. And so what God is saying is that, that nature would experience the curse of sin and Adam would have to work with that. And in the end, all men would die and return to dust. For Eve, her consequences of sin included death, pain and childbirth, and the promise that because of sin, her desires would be against her husband. In other words, marriage would no longer be a perfect union, but would be enveloped in conflict. That It wouldn't be the beautiful thing that God ultimately designed it to be originally. And for Satan, God gave his first prophecy of a coming Savior. We're going to dive into this next week, but for now, understand that God promised that from the line of Eve would come an offspring who would be bruised or hurt uh, it says that Satan would bruise the heel of this person, but but in the end, Satan's head would be crushed. And, and so if you're looking for some cross-references there, you can go to Romans chapter 16, verse 20, Hebrews 2, verse 14, or Revelation 20, verses 1 through 3 and verse 10 that reiterate or tell the story of, of how Satan would be crushed. Finally, we should ask ourselves the questions, what, what did the consequence of sin actually mean? Well, it meant that man could no longer fellowship with God as he had before, and God chose and, and had to expel Adam and Eve from the garden. It meant that man was destined to die. 
And some might look at that and argue, God is a cruel God to remove man when he could still live forever. Because as the verses indicate, if, if, if Adam had access to the tree of life, he could still live forever. But imagine a world where one could not die but live forever suffering the consequences of sin, you know, constantly suffering through life. And so it is an act of grace that God chose to limit the number of years that man would live and yet still promised a way for man to be saved from death, eternal death. And God also showed grace by clothing Adam and Eve before they were expelled to the garden. So let's apply this. What does it mean to you? Well, it's overwhelming to to just think about that whole situation, but let's acknowledge a few things here. You're a sinner, and I'm a sinner, and everyone is guilty of sin. And so just as Adam and Eve experienced sin's curse, we have also, and we will also experience sin's curse. We will experience the curse of death, both physically and spiritually, unless the Lord chooses to come. And sin affects you in more ways than you, you probably realize. If you have stubbed your toe on the corner of your bed in the middle of the night, that's because of the curse of sin, right? The fight that you have with a certain family member is due to the curse of sin. If, if you are depressed or anxious, that's due to the curse of sin. Moldy bread, sin. Societal fighting is due to the curse of sin. Distrust of others is, is, is due to the curse of sin. I could go on and on, but I think you get the point. Anything negative that we experience in this world is ultimately because of the curse of sin. Sin corrupts every aspect of life and ultimately results in death. We also see that when we sin, we are questioning God's character his motives, and design for our lives. That's that's what we do when we break his law. We're saying, you have not provided something that's good enough for me, or you are keeping something from me, God, and so I'm going to go against what you say. So I hope that you understand the seriousness of sin when you see how it has affected and infected every aspect of our lives. And finally, sin leaves us hopeless. Adam and Eve while they were given grace from God, had no hope outside of the promise of a coming Savior. So how do we how do we integrate this into our lives? How do we put this knowledge into practice? I mean, it seems to bizarre to say, how do I put the knowledge that man sinned into practice? Do I should I sin? Well, no, no, don't sin. But you can do a couple things, and and I'm going to share an example of how this looks in life. Well, so how have you questioned God? How have you twisted what you know God has said to fit your desires? So here's the example from my life. Uh, scripture teaches that children are a heritage and a blessing from the Lord and are something to be valued and cared for. I, I have two boys, and uh, one of them this uh, past week was sick. Uh, he's only 18 months old, and so when he was sick, all he wanted to do was be held and snuggle, and, and frankly, I soaked it all in. Like, it was great. I'm not saying my kid being sick was great, but being able as a father, being able to hold your kid and they aren't trying to get away from you and, you know, go play or move on to the next thing. They just want to be held and feel loved. Man, that was it was a blessing to just hold him. And so you might say, well, that's that's beautiful. How does that relate to sin? Well, the little stinker got better. And you know what happened when he got better? He he didn't he was no longer a sweet, cuddly guy. In fact, he turned into this like rage monster full-on rage monster. Basically, he got used to being held and cuddled and fawned over. And so anytime we set him down after he had gotten better, he lost his mind. I mean, when I say rage monster, I mean unfettered rage. And after about 40 hours of hearing a not sick child just screaming and crying 
over and over and over again, keeping my wife and I up for hours at night. We were at our wits end. And I know this, this sounds horrible, but I was tempted to resent a little 18 month old. I mean, I was tempted to be bitter. How ridiculous is that? And ultimately what I was doing was questioning God's promise that children are a blessing and a command and, and, and that I was commanded to value them. I just wanted to be away from him. So here I am, a 30-something-year-old offended by an 18-month-old. That was questioning God's design. So thankfully, you know, he's doing better, and I'm not bitter at my 18-month-old. It's not like I'm having this strange fight with him. But I think you see the point. It's so easy to question what God says is good, what God says I'm supposed to do. It was easy to care for my son when he wanted me, but when uh, when he was just throwing tantrums. It, it, it was not easy anymore. And so I, I began to change my attitude, my mindset. So I needed to confess. I needed to repent. And you can too. Confess of your sin. Acknowledge its seriousness before God. Write out some of the areas where you might add or take away from God's word. Why do you do that? And what is the consequence? You know, what's the consequence of not adding or taking away from God's word? You know, a lot of people will say, you know what, this thing that God says I can't participate in, I don't want that, or I want that, and so I am going to take it even though God says not to. And what's fascinating is they don't stop and ask themselves the question, what happens if I don't do this? What happens if I just choose to obey? What's the consequence? And then take time, there's a song called uh, Lord Have Mercy for What We Have Done by uh, Matt Boswell. And uh, on our site, we'll have a YouTube link to that. But I think it's just a really helpful song in thinking through the seriousness of what we've done and the graciousness of God and his mercy. And last, look at the world. Identify three ways the world continues to go against God's command and and what are the results. For now, we're going to pause. We're going to stop at talking about sin here. I recognize that stopping on a topic like sin is depressing, but hope is coming. It's not a bad thing to reflect on the consequence of sin and our need for a savior. But don't forget the promise that God gave Satan. There will be one who will come and crush Satan's head. And we're going to talk about that next week. Remember, God created, man sinned, Jesus was promised, Jesus came, Jesus lived a sinless life because he is God, Jesus died as a sacrifice for sin, Jesus resurrected, confess, repent, believe, by faith we are saved. This podcast was written and recorded by me, Nate King. The editing and music are provided by Evan Braddock. For more answers to questions and access to integrated Bible study tools, download the OnTrack Devotions app. All of our source materials provided in our transcripts from all of us at OnTrack Devotions. This has been the Pulse Podcast. Be well.